From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I am Scott Armstrong, and we have a wonderful passage of Scripture to spotlight today. And before we even do that, I want to introduce these other servants that are with me. Emily Armstrong to my left. Hey, everyone. To my right, AJ Fry. Hey, guys. And across from me, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, did you know that hummus is a Levantine food dip or spread made from cooked and mashed chickpeas? <laughs> Wait a second. The last time was the only was the only fun fact that we knew last episode, right? Right. About golf balls. This is yeah. so fun. But this one we know too. Right. Because no. it's so it's common knowledge. Everyone no. knows it. <laughs> no one has ever heard of this dip called hummus. I am I am introducing the world to it. It is so good. And if you accidentally put too much garlic in it, I will eat it. It's no big deal. Uh, yeah, I will Oh, too. my goodness. So her recipe calls for something like four cloves, cloves of, of garlic. garlic. But that's not enough for her. So one time she put in nine oh cloves <laughs> of garlic. Listen, I misread that. I couldn't taste anything for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Nor did anyone want to be in the same room. I bet bet not a single mosquito ate you that month. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true. There are perks. (laughs) There are perks. Nor nor did vampires get close to me. I have a confession. I typed in fun fact on Google and this popped up and I thought it had more to say about hummus. (laughs) 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 And I really like hummus, so I chose it and then I read the rest of the fact and it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> so the, a fun fact could also be that in Latin America or in Spanish, everyone just calls it humus. humus. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> it is true, right? I mean, Scott's making up his own fun humus. facts. I remember like there are certain words that you think are just like, oh, there's got to be another word. But the translation oh, is yeah. literally just pronouncing the same Vowels. Same word, but with, same word. with an accent. Yeah, or yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh well, this is this turned out fun. I I'm glad for this fun fact. That <laughs> I think it's a fun fact for people that truly only buy hummus in the store and Ooh, don't, don't know do what that. it's made of. Don't because do I'm that. sure there's a lot of people that only buy hummus yeah, and they're like, sure. hummus is just hummus. Yeah. You don't okay. think about what it's made out of. <laughs> person, person that has never made their own hummus, just type into Google fun facts. Hummus. <laughs> and it gives you a whole recipe. So with go. nine cloves of garlic. Yes, oh, make no, sure you don't do that. put nine cloves don't of garlic in. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so evil. <laughs> All right. Well, um It's a Middle Eastern food, so you can use that. Middle Eastern actually food. picked we're it going because to, we're talking about culture and a, global. We're going to a book that was written to Italians. <laughs> Oh, I was hoping it would be Middle Eastern. I have all of the books of the Bible that we could be touching that are Middle Eastern. We're going to Romans. (laughs) Even as I say it, like a book that was written to Italians. That's that's so weird to think about. (laughs) Romans. I love that with youth. I'm always like, so if this book is written to the Romans, where do you think the Romans lived? And like, I don't know. Like, Rome? What? Blow your mind. It's like they've known Romans for 14 years of their lives and never thought about people in Rome were called Romans. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. 
Yeah, so we are diving into Romans, and uh, <laughs> and about every four, five, six episodes, we will do kind of a, a spotlight on a certain passage. Usually, the passage has something to do with, as our podcast does, missions, culture, evangelism, things like that. And of course, this does as well. Romans 10, if you're following along at home or as you're exercising or as you're in your car or wherever you are listening to this, Romans 10, we're going to start with nine. It's an odd place to start, perhaps. And we're going to go through 15. Chelsea, do you have that? And can you read that? Romans 10, nine through 15. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Mm, that's very good. We can dive in, uh, but maybe it's helpful to talk about like this is in the book of, we've kind of joked, this is in the book of Romans. And I mean, maybe a little context for us. Why is this passage important within the whole book that Paul is writing? Yeah, just as personal testimony, actually, we were joking right before we hit kind of the record button on this podcast <laughs> that Romans used to be a book that I just avoided because I felt like it was a really hard book to understand. Like I knew there was a lot of deep theology and like the way that I needed to understand grace. And one of Paul's greatest works is Romans. Uh, but it was a very difficult book. And um, I took an entire class on it in seminary because it was one of those ones of like, I just need to understand what's going on with this book. <laughs> and um, a few of the things that I learned about is obviously it's to the Romans. So it's Italy. It's Gentiles. He's not writing to um, anybody in the Jewish sector. And he's basically writing them what we think are two letters. And so even though we have one book of Romans, it truly is like chapter one through chapter 11 would be one entire letter. So if you're going to read Romans, you really should read chapter one all the way through 11 and read it all the way through like one book. One one, one uh, letter. And then um, it even ends with a doxology. Like you can tell that Paul is like ending. And then in verse, in chapter 12, it's like a whole new brand new topic. And, and it doesn't like fit together the same way. So that was interesting for me to learn. But then if you read it starting in chapter one and all the way through to 11, you start to see that Paul really, this is one of his greatest treatises of starting from the very beginning of how God called out the people of Israel and how the Gentiles have always been a part of God's plan and how they're being grafted into that plan. Um, so that's where Paul's at here in nine. If you think about we've gone through eight chapters, which... For me, chapter eight is one of my very favorite chapters, but he gets to nine and he's basically saying, so all of these things that you've heard from the way that the Jews know God and relate to God, 
here's some some good news for you as Gentiles of faith is not just found in the law. Faith is found in the belief of Jesus Christ. So those are some things that were very, very interesting to me to learn. And it, it really helped put into context for me that Paul was helping Gentiles understand how they were a part of God's plan from the very beginning, that it wasn't just like, oh, Jesus is here. And now it's a new plan that's starting. Paul use, uses all of this to say, this has always been the way that God was going to do it. So I think those things are interesting. And he says in verse eight, right before, the word is near you. Like he's giving Gentiles hope, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, this was ordained. The Old Testament is important. Right. We're not like rejecting all of that. But also now this is extended to you. And really this is a, like you said, the word treatise, the whole book of Romans. But really this section is just an excellent paragraph of regarding salvation. Mm -hmm. and, and even maybe one of us, two of us would like to jump in just on nine and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Interesting. Maybe that's a little different from what some of us have heard is salvation. Yeah, I think it's a very, uh, just reading like, Verse nine, if you declare, mine says, if you declare with your mouth, uh, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I think a lot of people just stop there or even just stop at if you declare with your mouth or confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. But to me, like you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can say stuff with your mouth. You can proclaim things or confess even. But if that confession doesn't mean anything in your heart, then it doesn't mean anything. Like it's it's worthless. It, you might as well be banging symbols, as mm. I think it is Paul that says yeah. that later. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. So like you can say stuff, but it might not mean anything unless you believe it with your heart. And that's really important for me to distinguish. Like this belief with your heart. It's not just the saying, "Oh, I believe. I believe that there is God. There is a God." You know, it's this. I know there is a God and I, I know this God, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. uh, and like the heart is in Greek is like one of, one of the most like encompassing words for like your entire being, right? It's like, it's who you are. It's where you're not just where your emotions come from, but it's like where your ethics come from as well. You know, like mm. where all of, all of you who makes you, you mm. <laughs> comes from. Yeah. And so if you believe that, that Jesus is Lord with this part of your being, yeah. you almost can't help but say something, you know, mm -hmm. you can't help to proclaim it and to confess it, you know? Yeah. And so to me, that's, that's very like connected instead of, and I think it is, for, I would say it is for Paul too, because he goes on to say that anyone who believes will never be put to shame, you know? And that if you believe with your heart, then you will profess with your mouth and that's what saves you. Mm -hmm. I like both of those because it reminds me of when I was an early missionary and somebody was teaching me how to evangelize. And they gave me a cube. Maybe some of our listeners mm -hmm. are accustomed to the evangel cube, right? And a great tool that actually has been used by God to proclaim the word uh, in many different cultures. But I remember going out and I didn't really even speak Spanish uh, but I'm just like, here's yeah. this cube. I'm going to do the best that I can. And then the guy was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sounds good. And I was like, yeah. he was just saved. This is amazing. You know, this is, and I was like, 
Right. Later on, I mean, I was I was a rookie, you know, I was pretty young. But later on, I was like, what is salvation? Like, <laughs> I got him to say kind of the, right. yeah, yeah, totally. Sounds good, you know. But like, did, did his heart change? Did his life change, you know? Right. And then the other side of that is if you believe and you just convinced alone, but you have not really declared it, is it truly something like if you haven't, if you haven't even by baptism, let's say, or you haven't even told anyone around you, then is that salvation? It seems to say you must have both. You must believe in your heart, but declare, confess with your mouth as well amongst other people. Yeah, I think, I don't know, you could call it devil's advocate or whatever you want to call it. But the problem that I put in quotes that I have with uh, this passage in Romans is the way that we use it in the church, Mm. uh, the way it's preached, the way that we uh, cherry pick it out of all of the context of Romans and say, this is the one thing. And it is the one thing that I've heard a lot of people that continually practice a sinful life say, well, I confess Jesus Christ is Lord, and that means I'm saved. And I believe it, and I believe that he's Lord, yeah. and I confessed it, and and that means I'm saved. And, and I think that goes to a little bit of the prescriptive nature of being saved that we've created in the Western church. Um, I can't speak for the Eastern church because I just don't know enough about it to know what their practices are today. But... Um, Man, we know that our history came from come down to the altar and say a prayer and you're saved. Like it's this very prescriptive, here's how you become saved. And this is in the right smack in the middle of the Romans road, which is a very old terminology, but you literally can take all of these uh, contextual uh, verses in Romans and walk all the way through Romans and say, well, we're going to use this one and we're going to attach it to this one and this one. And it becomes the prescription for being saved. But like, if you really look at it in the context of even this chapter, it starts with verse five and he's talking about Moses giving the law and how in Deuteronomy, if you flip back to Deuteronomy, which there's so many footnotes all over this one part of this chapter, because he literally is saying it is not exclusive from the law. Hmm. Like when you confess with your mouth, it's because you are convinced of all of these things that God has given us in the law. And so he uses it in eight, which we didn't talk about, but, and what does it say? The word is near. It's almost like he's convincing them, right? Because all you've seen in religiosity practiced is mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. law. What Christianity means, and they didn't use the word Christianity, what Judaism is, is practice the law, practice the law. This is how you get saved. This is how you get saved. Be circumcised, practice the law. So Paul's like, yes, practice the law. This is what Moses said. But then in eight says, but also right on the heels of that, right in the same Deuteronomy Mm. passage, it says the word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. Mm. It's like he uses this Mm. eight to turn the corner of like, so the law is a part of what we do, but it's not all of what we do. So confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is law is Lord and, and confess your sins. And, and there's all sorts of things. And I just think as a Christian church, we divorce it so much mm-hmm. from the, the, well, just confess, confess that Jesus is Lord and you're going to be saved. Right. And that is such a fire insurance. And I hate that. I hate that we preach it that way. And yeah. I have chosen to not preach it that way. And you can tell I'm 
little passionate about it. <laughs> but but I, I think we need to change how we preach it in the church because it's not prescriptive salvation. It is journey. It's yeah. it's the both and. It's the finding this this combination of confessing, but recognizing that it all goes together. It's not one or the other. And Paul is trying to say, it's not one or the other. It's this whole life that's lived right. with abundance in Christ. Uh, that totally makes me think of, we've had this conversation many times, Emily, about um, sanctification and salvation. And my personal testimony is that both of those moments happened in the same time frame. And so, like, I always... When I read stuff like this, I struggle through it because to me, um, my faith has immediately always produced action. Hmm. It's never been salvation by works, but works are, I I don't know that you can separate them. I don't Hmm. know that you can, like you're saying, I don't think you can just confess Mm -hmm. Lord is Savior. I don't think that's what Paul is saying in this scripture. And so to hear what you're in the context of the whole book of Romans, it's, I see it. I I think I've mentioned on this podcast every single time I record, I think I talk about it because yeah. it's my my devotional life right now. I've been reading, trying to read the Bible all the way through from cover to cover. And I am stuck in the Old Testament. I feel like it's never going to end. It does eventually. I know. <laughs> I, I the, the, the second half is getting smaller and smaller every day. Yeah. If you're in it's, the minor prophets, you're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been stuck in the prophets specifically for a while. And I... I'm constantly, what's taking me so long is I'm constantly having to stop and tell AJ how much I see the prophets calling for action, calling Mm. for something that's more depth Mm -hmm. than just words. Yeah. and I, I recognize the the change of Jesus Christ, right? There is a there is a difference. But man, like I see so much of the Israelites in my own life, of the stubbornness and the the willingness to be like, well, I believe in Jesus, I'm good, but my actions don't back it. And mm-hmm. if I were to do that about anything else in life, it would not sit well with the person that's listening to me. I am I would make a really great door-to-door salesperson. And I know this because when I get something that I really love, I am constantly trying to convince other people to get on board with it. But it's because I believe in it so much that it produces something out of it. It's yes. not, I'm not okay to just sit and be with that information by myself. I'm not okay with just to say like, I use this product or I like this thing. I have to like get other people on board. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I feel this scripture calling mm-hmm. the Romans to, is let's be the salespeople. <laughs> what, what I'm hearing from both of you is that the problem is not necessarily with what Paul says uh, or the way that he says it, but it's our interpretation with it. If I could say, I believe that he says when you confess or declare, I like that, AJ, when you declare, I think he would say, that's so much, that is way more than just like, okay, I'm just going to confess this, Lord, you are right. Lord. Okay, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I, I think he literally is saying, oh no, this is with your mouth. But this is a symbol of your life being changed. Mm-hmm. You believe yeah. it so, so much in your heart, but you are declaring this with your mouth and your life. Right. Yeah. And in fact, I think that 
the context and the rest of the passage that you read can help us with that. He immediately goes into this classic missions or mission passage, Mm -hmm. you know, where he starts to say there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. He's starting to say anyone who's starting to think, oh, I'll act this out or be this way only with one people, exclusively with this, the preferred group that uh, of my choice, you know, he says, no, 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 this is for everyone everywhere. Uh, This is universal. And so the believing very personal, that's true, but the declaring is very public Mm -hmm. and it better be with everybody everywhere Mm. all the time. You know, I think there's, there's also a a deeper piece to this, like declaring or later on uh, he says, how can anyone preach unless they are sent you know how can they hear unless unless someone is preaching to them and this word preaching or proclaiming or declaring are the basically the same word it's not just this traditional like preaching like we think of from a pulpit you know or uh that has to be like 45 minutes long but it's i like the word proclaiming because when when they use this word in the gospels it's Jesus or the disciples or the people that Jesus sent were proclaiming the kingdom of God is here. It's this this good news, right? This gospel that that there is hope, that this new way is here, you know, and it's and it's among you. It's it's within you. It's not necessarily just this sermon. I'm not saying that that's all sermons are bad or anything. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. But this word has so much more meaning for me personally because it's, I don't feel like I'm called to preach in the traditional sense, mm. but I am called to preach in the sense to proclaim the, the kingdom of God, mm. right? And to bring light into the darkness. And that's what this proclaiming, this declaring, this, this preaching is. I also really like that, like Paul says here, to declare with your mouth. But along the lines of what you guys were just saying, like I, it, it can also be a declaration with your actions, with your life, right? Even if you don't say anything, people will know that you believe that Jesus is Lord because of the way you're living. Mm. And that proclamation is also what we're called to. So we've gotten this far and we probably have our whole episode uh, already, <laughs> but like we haven't even really touched on, although you did help us to transition You're welcome. to the famous 14 and 15, which are poetic. Yeah. There's a sequence here of just logic, but also <laughs> like we've seen it. We've seen it. You know, I can literally think of people that have not heard, you know, you can think of people groups, unreached people groups, we say, you know, and then you can think of people that have heard, but they haven't really been able to understand. And then you can think of other people that, that want are willing to preach, but they haven't really been sent. And and so there's so many arms, tentacles of, of this missions, sending and and proclaiming. Where do we want to dive in on, on these last two verses for the few minutes that remain? I just really like the way he, like he says this, it's almost like sarcastic. Like, how can they know if nobody tells them? You know? <laughs> like, I had never thought of it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I remember uh, our general superintendent, Dr. Gustavo Crocker preached on this passage one time and he just said, the gospel is simple. And he used kind of nine to 10. Let's not complicate it. Right. Versus nine to 10. The gospel is for everyone. We've kind of talked about that from verses 11 to 13. And then these verses, he said, 
the gospel has to be shared by us. So mm-hmm. what he was saying is, it's not just this theory of like, oh, isn't that, the gospel is so simple. The gospel's for everyone. And we just feel good about that. No, no, no. There's an urgency right now. We must be the senders. We must be the preachers so that people that have not heard can hear. So that people that have not understood can understand. So that people that have not responded will respond and be saved. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a missions passage. This is a mission passage, not just for missionaries, but for everyone. I think you can see how it's all like connected too. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I've always thought about this passage in the context of like, if every single sentence was a domino, you you put one domino in, you put one domino in that like one domino hits the next and the whole entire thing falls because one of it did. But the minute that you like take out one of these dominoes, then it could be that the chain reaction further down the line doesn't happen, you know, and who knows where that domino is going to be. But I think this passage, even though we can see how much it has to do with like the actual evangelist that's going and speaking and preaching, how everybody has a part. I I feel like everybody could find themselves like in the world, right? Not just in the church. I feel like everybody in the world could say, I'm in this sentence, or I'm in this sentence, or I'm in this sentence. And um, to me, I think that's what the the beauty of this entire passage is, is it's two verses that truly encompass humanity. Of uh, You're in one of these phases, you're in one of these dominoes, and they're all connected. We're all connected together. And... Um, We like to preach this passage when we're talking with teens specifically because it talks about beautiful feet and the one thing that we constantly have them do. And I don't recommend doing this. You have to be like really um, solid in your in who you are as a person. But when we're in rooms with teens, we tell them all to take off their shoes and their socks. And that's pretty dangerous sometimes when you're with 16, 17, 18 year old boys. Um, But they all take them off. And it's interesting to watch their reactions when they take off. Some of them are very embarrassed to take off their shoes. Some of them um, are like, oh, I don't want to. Or they just like there's some people that have a fear or a phobia of feet. I don't know if you know anybody with a fear of phobia foot. But um, we tell them to literally look at your feet. And if you had to think of like an ugly part of your body, if somebody had to name an ugly part of your body, a lot of people would say your feet. Your feet are ugly. How many people are like, I've got beautiful feet. <laughs> Even if women have a great pedicure, it's not like they're taking pride in their feet. But how how he literally says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And um, it's just a great image to think about what the world sees as something ugly, something that is like, oh, yeah. just totally uh, something that I need to use. And, and I don't really take care of them very much that like God and, and through Paul's writing is saying, but beautiful are those feet who are bringing good news. And, and to me, it's encouraging to be able to count myself amongst those that would receive that compliment. Hmm. <laughs> I remember Dr. Crocker it stuck with me um, and I wrote it down, but he says the missionary task of the local church as senders is to give pedicures. Nah. And you mentioned a pedicure, right? <laughs> when he said that, I was thinking, wait, what, is it, what does he mean? But he said, in the local church as senders, we make beautiful the feet that bring good news. Mm. So the senders are the ones that are saying, you will go out. And those feet will trod on paths that are very hard. They will be in urban cities that are just, uh, there's some hot 
asphalt that they're walking across. Um, they will walk. Those feet will find themselves in so many different cities and towns and villages and rural places around this globe. But the local church as senders is to just prepare those feet. And obviously, we would say prepare those hearts, prepare those young people uh, for the call, to answer that call, and then to go out. But what an image, what an image. Everything that we do when we are proclaiming the gospel, when we are teaching our little ones, our, our children and our youth, you know, everything is really giving pedicures. It's really making beautiful those feet that are going to go into all the earth. And I would just say, let's not think that our only role is to may is to give the pedicures all of our feet should be wherever we are some of us cross culturally and far away some of us not all of us should be going all of our feet should be beautiful all of us should be proclaiming the good news with that thought, uh, the thought of pedicures, which sounds nice right now. <laughs> does it? <laughs> it does it? I need a We're not really accustomed to pedicures. Have no, you ever gotten one? I've never. I don't think I've gotten one. You really. should. Yeah, That's what Chelsea should. says all the time. You should get a pedicure. Yeah. Yeah. My feet are already beautiful. <laughs> Amen. That's what Paul says. Amen. I'm sure he had beautiful feet. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. So um, on that uh, note, uh, weird note, odd note, Emily, where can they find us if they'd like to say, hey, this passage just really speaks to me. And here's something that I've thought that you guys didn't bring out. Best place to make a comment is on our Facebook page, which is the Worthless Servants podcast. Um, you can also find all of these podcasts on mesoamericagenesis.org. If you have something you specifically want to send to us uh, using the um, Facebook page and sending us a direct message is the best way to probably get Scott because he's the one that <laughs> seems to see him first. I usually do. I usually do. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Oh, man. There are a lot of listeners, uh, worthless servants along with us. I just want to encourage you, man, your feet are beautiful. Go proclaim. And also be assured it's not complicated. If you have believed in your heart and you have declared it with your mouth, man, you are saved. That doesn't matter what race, what area of the world you are from. That's good news for us today. Well, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Chelsea Fry. And I'm Emily Armstrong. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.